This is Historical AF. My name is Natalie. Hello, and I'm Kina. We're a historian and a librarian bringing you some funny, spooky, morbid, and historical nuggets. I don't remember what I'm saying. Weird shit. Who are we? I don't even know. Okay, this is going well. I can't go out of order or else I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, uh... I constantly tell people what our podcast is, and I always only remember five. <laughs> I never remember what the sixth one is, but I'm like, then there's something else. But it's it's good. It's a good show. It's like, we know what we're talking about. We really do. Yeah, it's called Google, so, you know. You know. <laughs> but, yeah, today, episode 45, or 45, <laughs> is uh, folklore and urban legend. Yes. Nuggets like that. Yeah, I've noticed that when we have a really like death filled episode, the next one is usually a little lighter. <laughs> like folklore is a little, little more fun, a little less death. I mean, a little. Mm-hmm. People still die because this is historical AF, but less death. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> it's like potentially fake death, maybe. Yeah. Like- Maybe that's why I don't find it as bad, because it's potentially not real. Maybe. Although, I'm really excited. I found one lore where the actual truth is actually worse than the folklore. I was like, whoa, that usually doesn't happen. Usually the truth is pretty tame compared to the folklore. And it happened in Arkansas. What? So. (laughs) Of course (laughs) there's this. Yeah. Good times. Good times. So how have you been? Good. I did an escape room this past weekend. Oh, how did that go? Uh, did you win? We escaped. We made it. It was with Emery and a couple of friends, and it was an 80s classroom, and so it was really cool. The There was a whole, like, a story involved, and so the people in charge, they put us in a little hallway, and there were two doors, the principal's office and a classroom, and the story was, she's going to go and distract the principal while we break into that classroom and break out of the break out of detention. So we're going to go into that classroom and pull the fire alarm. <laughs> and so it's very like breaking out a breakfast club kind of vibe going on. Yeah. And we had our hall passes, and it was just it was really neat. Like there were lockers, and it was just it, when you went in, I'm like, this is legit. Like an old classroom, there were like maps and overhead. It was just like really neat, <laughs> and we we escaped. It was all good. I was really worried, especially Emery. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we would feel claustrophobic and trapped, mm-hmm. especially when. Him. But once we got in there, we were joking around and having fun. It just it didn't feel like that at all. Now, if we had stayed in that small hallway. Mm-hmm. It might have been a different story, but because <laughs> it was like <laughs> us four adults, three out of the four are round. <laughs> um, it was small, <laughs> but we got into that classroom. It was perfectly comfortable and fine. And it was cool. There was like a hidden passageway with like a cross space. Mm-hmm. And you had to figure out how to get out of it, which led, it led to a closet, which had a, a, a clue in there. And there were all these, like, different locks of words, colors, directions. And then there were, like, pressure sensors, black-white codes. It was just really neat. 80s music was playing as clues. 
And they, the lady said, that was sad, there's that song, you know, I can't, what's the number? It's like 8675309. Yeah. I knew it. I was like, is she going <laughs> to? And it's hard to say it without doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, she said, it's sad how many people don't know that's a phone number. And on the teacher's desk, there's a phone. And we're like, oh, my gosh, was typed into the phone. And it popped open a drawer. And um, and then she said, yeah, a lot of people, uh, like, the younger people that do this don't know it's a phone number. I'm like, that's oh, wow. sad. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, like, a rotary phone? Because then they wouldn't know how to work it either. <laughs> no, it's actually just a regular. Oh, okay. Just, but even then, I don't think it mattered if you pulled the whatever the receiver up or not because you really just need to punch in the numbers for the code to pop open the door Mm -hmm. but we did actually answer it and then and do it just in case so i don't know but i have seen people try to do the rotaries and they did first of all they didn't even pick up the receiver they just kept dialing. (laughs) and then in mid dial you know you always you always fuck up somewhere on a number Mm -hmm. damn it then you have to start over (laughs) But then, like, they didn't even make it because they didn't even pull up the receiver. <laughs> well, Ellen has video. a new segment where it's like, can millennials do this? And she'll, like, have people come up and it's things like a rotary phone. Can you dial this number? And they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that. that made me happy. It was very funny. <laughs> oh, now oh. you want, I want to do one now. I've been a little worried because I don't want to feel dumb, but they sound so fun. They, they are, and <laughs> the lady made a joke about smarter people recognize something. I'm not going to give it away, anything else in that room away, because I don't know how long. they. Luckily, that place keeps a room. I don't know how many mystery rooms they have. They keep it for a couple of years, and then they change it out, which is great, because they keep things current. I don't want to give any more clues away, but she yeah. did. There was something, like a trap door that people notice right when they walk in the room, which we did not. We noticed it about like 20 minutes in. I'm like, oh, hey, this looks like it will probably move when we get to that. And she says, smarter people notice that right away. And we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I think kind of rude. <laughs> I don't even think she meant it. I don't know. I'm like a Pollyanna when it comes to this. But <laughs> the other girl that was in our group, she's like, she would not let that go. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> and fuck I'm like, you and fuck you again. And we were in the geography classrooms, so or were geography clues. And I'm like, smarter people know geography. That's what they is. <laughs> and we looked at the percentage. Only forty percent of people escaped that room. Oh wow! And granted, we I think if we we finished at fifty nine minutes. 57 seconds. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, just seconds before. But I think we, we said too many jokes, and we spent too much time on a geography test before we had all the clues we needed to actually figure it out. We started it too soon. And I'm like, if we wow. hadn't just waited, we would have done, been done a lot sooner. But it was still so much fun. Emery immediately started looking up other places to go to and other rooms they're doing a potions one like a dungeon, like very harry pottery it's probably gonna be the next one 
That'd be really cool. When you guys come visit me, there's one in San Antonio, and the entrance is like giant gargoyles. It looks so fucking cool. Ooh. I want to go. This one is the Mystery Mansion, and it's actually an old Victorian house. Ooh. A hundred years old. I don't know. It's super old. Actually, it probably is about a hundred years old. I think it was built in the 20s, so it actually is about, about that. And they've just converted all the different bedrooms, and it really is like a little mansion and they've converted several of the bedrooms into mystery rooms cool that's really neat i need to do one mm-hmm. i'm glad you had fun i was wondering how that went <laughs> great <laughs> <laughs> we're at 100 percent success so far so yay <laughs> what about yourself how, how are you doing i'm doing good i uh i've been spending a lot of time at the library here and i was really excited so oh yeah your books yeah (laughs) i have like 50 books right now but i was chatting up a librarian and i found out that it's it's relatively new but they said that a company came in to build their library kind of like layman they had somebody come in and do our team center or whatever and when they cleared out all the land they kept all the pecan trees so every piece of wood in the library is the tree that was originally there so it's like built into the landscape but it's also part of what was always there i thought that was so freaking cool like even their desks are the trees. I was really blown away. It's beautiful. So look up the Seguin Public Library. It's gorgeous. <laughs> One whole wall is just glass look, overlooking a creek. And there's like walking trails. And oh, it's so pretty. That sounds nice. That sounds very Frank Lloyd Wright. You know, yeah. build into the space without disrupting it too much. It looks like one too. You can definitely see the inspiration. Yeah, I was just blown away. But other than that, we don't we don't really celebrate holidays, so we don't do Valentine's Day. Amory's very anti Valentine's. This just more happened to be <laughs> on that weekend, and it was, I, <laughs> it was our friend's wife, and who's now become actually like we're probably all friends. But um, she's the one like I'm going to surprise. I want to surprise Jeff, and and uh, Emery and Jeff are so close. Um, we all three of us were close because we worked together, and then I left, and so now Emory and him are close. And now Brandy and I make jokes about how they're girlfriends. <laughs> um. Oh, that's funny! A little bromance. <laughs> yeah, basically, and Aww. and they totally own own up to it too. They have no shame about it. And so, yeah, Brandy was like, "Hey, would you and Allie want to do this?" And it just just played out. But if we did not have that, it would be a day. Of binging shows and playing War Combat, which is about what we do. <laughs> well, that sounds fun too. Yeah, I uh, oh, I also binged that new um, Ted Bundy documentary on Amazon oh. Prime, and mm-hmm. it was the first time that his first attacker, she survived, has ever talked, and then mm-hmm. his girlfriend and the kid talked, and they normally don't do interviews either, so it was really interesting. Okay, really. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's really short. I think it's like six episodes, but yeah, I benched it all in the afternoon, but I was like, whoa, because like they have family photos and they're talking about, because she's the one that turned them in and like the things that clicked in her head being like, there's no way it could be him. And then it ended up being him, but it was wild. But she wrote the book that that um, extremely wicked and whatever it's called. I can't remember. It's really long. The one on Netflix. I don't want to say extremely wicked and terribly funny. I feel like that's a 
That might not be the correct one, but I think it's a time thing. <laughs> something wicked is in it, but she wrote the something book. wicked. This way comes. <laughs> yeah, she wrote the book on it, but at the end, like her and her daughter, are just like they'd met some other people that had kind of been in that circumstances, and they were like, you know, dwelling on this is just giving him power. So they were like, we're done. This is the last time we're going to talk about him. So I was like, good for them. It was kind of like their closure. I really. I really enjoyed it, but I did see a meme after I watched it. <laughs> this guy was like, how many goddamn documentaries about Ted Bundy aren't there going to be? Okay. Like, I know him more theory. than my own family. <laughs> yeah, it's like, we know more about him than we know about our uncles or whatever, like our actual family. There's just so yep. many. I know, and they all came out within two years. That's what I think is really ridiculous. Mm. In our, whatever, uh, I don't know who all production companies, but they just like, all simultaneously <laughs> to, to yeah amazon did too the one is his tapes of him talking uh-huh. and and then this one is just like a documentary thing but i wish yeah, they I, just pulled charles like okay you're gonna take Dahmer. you're gonna take the one thing i did appreciate is that this particular one like after every scene they're they're tracing all the victims and like uh-huh. how he went from different places and after they, like, sum up a part, they flash every single woman on the screen. And they do it multiple, multiple times. So it's more about them than him. And I, I hate when people kind of glorify him. And they kind of talk about, like, how he's so charming and handsome. And they even had some of the old uh, journalists that were like, I look back and I was smiling and I was giddy talking to him. They were like, I'm absolutely disgusted at myself because nobody thought he could do something that horrible because he was so handsome and charming. And like the lady that tried to get him acquitted or not acquitted, but stay of execution, she quit law immediately after because he admitted to try to get more time. Highly recommend. I'm spoiling everything, but it's really good. <laughs> everything else I've been doing is just. Shall I get the ball rolling? Sure. Should we roll do we want for to... it? Sure. Sounds good. Funny. Oh, that is me. Yeah. Mine's not really funny. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard for me to find funny things. I could and see so, that, yeah. A lot of the stories I found taught lessons or someone died. Like... <laughs> I did find like a, a couple. Like I'll read it, especially this one. It's short and sweet and I love it. Um it is Indian folklore. Ooh. Like India Indian. Is why I know we say Native Americans, but just in case you get confused. <laughs> I appreciate the clarification. <laughs> <laughs> drink, drink. I know. Yep. Okay. So here's a little folktale that is between two wives, is what it's called. And this one, I don't know, I just have mixed feelings about it. Like, it's kind of funny and dumb. And <laughs> Hey, let's we'll get to it. All right, let's do this. <laughs> All right. A middle-aged man had two wives, one about the same age as him, and the other much younger. <laughs> Since the wives quarreled a lot, the man built two houses for each of them in different parts of town. They came to a mutual agreement that the man would stay with each of them on alternate days. Whenever he stayed with the young wife, he plucked out 
she plucked out his gray hair as she wanted her husband to look younger. Whenever he would stay with his first wife, she plucked out all of his dark hair and <laughs> as she didn't want him to look any younger than herself. As a, as a result, the poor man ended up without a single hair on his head. <laughs> the end. Oh, it's a cautionary tale. Don't have two wives. <laughs> or mm-hmm. I guess that's what it is. They'll just drive you crazy to pull your hair out. That's hilarious. God, I love folk tales. Oh. <laughs> They're so random. <laughs> just, uh. And the things and that like, survived, you know, like most of the time this stuff is oral tradition. The thing that that's what survived. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and on this article, I, I just read it from, there are other Indian ones. There is an interesting one that is called Bayatal Pasisi. Pasisi? Shrub, right? <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, uh, it's it's an old vampire tale. Ooh. Okay, so with that response, I will read it. <laughs> I like vampires. <laughs> uh, me too. Spoiler, we will get to more later. Yes. Because I look didn't know about actually um so Avantal is believed to be one of the oldest vampire stories from india king vikram once promised a tantric sorcerer that he captured a patal which is a vampire-like spirit and so he called the sorcerer and he told him to bring it to him every time vikram caught the patal the spirit would escape by posing a riddle. The deal between the two was that at the very end of each puzzle, Bukram was unable to answer the question correctly. Uh, the spirit would willingly be taken prisoner if Bukram knew the answer but still stays silent. Of course, his head would explode into a thousand pieces, and if the king answered correctly, the baton would free him to go away. Does that make sense? So basically, every time he got it right, the spirit got free. And every time he got it wrong, the spirit would agree to stay his prisoner. Oh, okay. So it, I read it, I had to read it a couple times, like, wait, what is this? But <laughs> it's like the reverse, the reverse of what you would think. And oh. the truth is, he could sense if he really knew the answer or not. Because Bikram was a wise man, and he knew all of the answers, basically. And but he couldn't lie that he didn't know the answers, and I think that's why the spirit played this trick. Oh, because he's like he he kept it easy enough. But on the twenty fifth time this happened, he did not know the answer. He got it wrong, and so that made the spirit be captive. And on the way to the tantrics to the house or whatever, the spirit revealed he was actually a prince. And he also said that it was the sorcerer's plan all along to sacrifice Vital's soul so that he could attain immortality and that Vikram, too, would be killed in the process. The spirit... <laughs> I know, it's like, ooh. <laughs> I'm wondering how true this plot theory is, though. And the spirit... But anyways, the spirit advised the king on how to outwit the tantric and save both their lives. After Vikram assassinated the evil sorcerer, the Batal cleansed him of all his sins, and he also vowed to come to his aid whenever needed. Oh. 
Oh. I know. That's how I felt, too. <laughs> like, I was Googling what tantric meant, because all I ever hear that word used in is tantric sex. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, I can't mean what that means. You I, would, wouldn't you? Good I am a disgrace to this podcast. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I hate I mean, disgrace is like a strong word, but you don't uh, want to take I can't be the only person that thought that, though. Oh, man. I have no idea if that's what it also is. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> I have um, an innocent brain half the time uh, yeah. when it comes to that department. Well, I also took a, uh, a Asian art history class. There Is there any classes lot. you haven't taken, ma'am? Oh, God, I know. I was in college forever. But, <laughs> yeah, a lot of the art is tantric sex. <laughs> like, the things we studied. So that's, it, it's a scholarly reason I know that. That's what I'm getting at. Uh. <laughs> uh, trying to dig myself out of this hole. It's fine. Uh-huh. I'm like, you're yeah. trying pretty hard on that one. Anyway. I am. Yeah. There's a couple of fun Indian folk tales, and I'll post or we'll add the star sources, and you can read the rest of them if you'd like. Pretty interesting. There's even like a little cartoon picture of it. Oh, I love folklore so much. This makes me so happy. I had so much fun researching. It's just all so delightful, except for the death stuff. <laughs> Sometimes it is kind of fun. <laughs> It's my morbid curiosity. Yeah. yeah. All right. So what should be our next one? Do you want spooky, morbid, or historical? Let's do spooky. Okay. Uh, uh, uh. So I found a list of the spookiest lore in every state. But since we don't have time to do all 50 states, I decided to do all the states that our Patreon is from. (laughs) And then also a country because we have somebody that's outside of the United States now. So. Starting with Alaska. It's all in alphabetical order, too. Not by preference of Patreon. So, <laughs> don't at me. <laughs> Just in case. Just in case. Oh, so, Alaska has the Alaska Triangle. It en- said encompassing an area ranging from near Juneau in the southeast to the northern Barrow region to the western metropolis of Anchorage. It's Called the Alaska Bermuda Triangle. It's comprised of some of the most barren wilderness. Oh my God. Wilderness. I did it again. Why can't I say that word? Wilderness. Wilderness. Barren wilderness of the United States. And it apparently craves souls. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, new inflection on that one. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. More than 20,000 people have gone missing without a trace in this area in the past half century alone. That is a lot of people. (laughs) Poof, gone. (laughs) It says, are they being consumed by the mythological beings like the beastly Kalut or the ghoulish kidnapper Kualu Pollock? Obviously. So sorry, sorry, natives. (laughs) Are they lost on extreme hikes or are they just simply vanishing into a dark vortex? I like how ominous this gets. I should mention that a lot of this is from Thrillist. So a lot of the fun jokes I kept in. So good job, Thrillist people. I know. They always have like little fun. Thank you. Right. Good job. (laughs) 
So nobody knows, though it's not for a lack of trying, when the government lost House Majority Leader Hill Boggs Cessna to the Triangle in 1972, a massive search turned up tons of conspiracy theories, but no bodies. So where did this come from? The area has been associated with evil spirits and the Tlingit lore for centuries, attributing trickster demons for luring people into an icy death. Others believe the area exists among a electromagnetically influenced vile vortex. That's a very hard sentence to say, like, really fast. But I love how you made it through that, but not wilderness. Right? That's my problem. I can say the hard shit, but I can't say easy things. I've always been like that. I don't know what's wrong with my brain. Regardless, the area continues to claim people, and underneath that massive blanket of snow and rock likely lies one of the largest and best-preserved mass graves in the world. So, yikes, Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I'm just wondering, like, how proud are you of it? Is this something you tell your tourists, or are you just bury it? I mean, I can understand that is like a very treacherous area in certain times of year it's also one of the most beautiful places in the country i think i know i want to visit but i'm starting to have thoughts poor cassie (laughs) when she joined patreon i think i obsessively asked her about whale watching (laughs) (laughs) like stop talking to me there's more than whale watching (laughs) yeah God bless our Patreon. I'm so annoying. Because I'm like, oh my God, I want to go do this and this. I'm such a nerd. And they're just like, okay, stop. Stop, Keena. It's fine. All right, next, Arkansas. We have a lot of Patreon from Arkansas. So here we go. I threw in two because there's so many of us from Arkansas. So the first one is The Dog Boy, which I had never heard of. I don't know this one. No. The name sounds kind of lame, but if you find yourself at 65 Mulberry Street in the middle of the tiny-ass Arkansas town Whitman, which is spelt Quitman, but do not call it Quitman when you're in Whitman, or they will be pissed. So So you're pronouncing it with a W? Yes. Okay. I I don't know these things. I'm like, all right. I don't know. We always pronounce shit weird this is why we can't pronounce anything yeah it's true yeah it's spelt quit man but if you know people from women they're like no <laughs> it is women like, yeah i had somebody very when i went to uca they were very offended that i said it wrong i was like i'm sorry but it's also where there's a bunch of earthquakes in arkansas now like the epicenter of the major quakes by conway and stuff they come from women oh okay That's fun. yeah Anyway, so if you're on this street in Whitman, uh, you won't be laughing at its lame-ass name when you see a hulking outline of a 300-pound half-man, half-beast, complete with glowing animal eyes. So, yes. Legend states that Gerald Floyd Bettis was a deranged lunatic who gained supernatural, probably satanic powers by performing grotesque experiments on dogs in his house. No. (laughs) No. No, I can't do dog stuff. I mean, I refuse to watch movies where dogs get hurt, and I don't know why I keep on doing all these monsters that eat dogs. It makes me really sad. It makes me think of uh, what's the famous story like? Is it Monroe's Island or something? I don't know. I feel so dumb right now. 
anyways, it's an island of like all this animal testing, basically. And oh. it's making me think of that. But in Arkansas, great. Oh, yay. So this is actually one of the rare occurrences where an urban legend is less terrible than the actual history behind it. Gerald Bettis, the only son of the Bettis family of 65 Mulberry Lane, was always a problem child, according to everybody. He would collect and torture animals before turning his sociopathic focus to his elderly parents. He allegedly imprisoned them in their own home and then actually ended up you know, murdering them. Eventually, he was imprisoned for growing marijuana on his back porch. <laughs> That's what did it. He was killing people. Nobody cared. But <laughs> grow pot. You're going to rot in prison, apparently. So he died in the state penitentiary in 1988 of a drug overdose, ironically. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, Jeff Jeff said the island of Dr. Moreau. I don't know. I know, I just Googled it. Thank you, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Monroe, at least that was close, versus like Smith, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Thank you, Jeffy Jeff Jeff. Uh, And for those of you that didn't know, we are live now. So if we're answering people, it's because they can comment while we talk. So just enjoy Patreon and you can talk to us while we talk. Yay, shameless plug. Um, I honestly thought that the monster, the urban legend for Arkansas was going to be the folk monster. Because that's the one I've always heard of. The what? The folk monster. Uh, it's oh, a Boggy Creek monster of folk Arkansas. He's the Arkansas version of the Sasquatch. And he's seven or eight feet tall, covered in hair. Legend says he roams the creeks of rural Arkansas. He was first spotted in 1834. When people are reported seeing a wild man. This is Sasquatch. That's, yeah. That's yeah. not special. <laughs> yeah, it's like southern Arkansas. Yeah. But they have like a festival and they have like giant statues and shit. Yeah, it's a whole thing. There was a movie, like the Boggy <laughs> Creek something. There was a movie. <laughs> oh, I, okay. I know the movie. All right. Yeah. I didn't realize it was. I knew it was based off of something in Arkansas, but I didn't know that that was the monster and actual thing. Gotcha. I'm with you now. Yeah, Arkansas has a Bigfoot Hunter Club, and then they do the Paranormal Expo in Little Rock every year. Yes, they do. Although I'm the fr- I'm friends with the person that runs that, so I was like, if you need a live podcast, we'll come. So that's in the works. So hopefully, she'll be like, yeah, and then we could talk to the Bigfoot people. <laughs> <laughs> we made it, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, next one, California. (laughs) Sorry. This is great. Okay, California. California. Many horrors of the Turnbull Canyon. So it's located near L.A. between Whittier and the City of Industry. Turnbull is a 49,000-acre smorgasbord of nightmare fuel set amid the scenic hills. The natives called it Hudagnungya. Oh, my God. Or the place of the devil or the ghost of those slain for not converting to Christianity dwell. Apparently alongside witches and Satanists who reportedly use the place to sacrifice children. Oh. A lot of shit. A lot of shit went down. Spirits now walk the canyon or dangle from trees. They're joined by the ghost of 21 kids who perished in a plane crash back in 1952. 
Uh, and it says allegedly because there's no actual reports of that. So that's probably just a legend. There was also an old insane asylum that came back to life to kill a teen in the 1960s via a long dormant electrical wire. There are cults, alien encounters, gravity hills, and uh, it just keeps on going. So basically anything that could creep you out and get under your skin apparently happens in this cursed canyon. So good job, California. And then where it came from, the place's evil devil vibes date back to centuries, though it wasn't until the site was established for a fur trapping site in 1845 that things started getting really intense, with word of the site's terrors traveling far and wide, making it a place visited as much for its beauty as its morbid curiosity. Okay, Florida! Good old Florida. (laughs) And uh, I kept this first sentence. So don't at me. It says the Everglades are filled with an array of terrifying creatures, man-eating alligators, man-eating snakes, and men-eating roadkill. (laughs) You get it? (laughs) You get it? I thought it was funny. However, one human... (laughs) All I know is I'm vegetarian. (laughs) (laughs) So the man that's like eating roadkill, I'm like, that is so gross. Yeah. I'm sure that was like a Beverly Hillbillies joke, wasn't it? That they were eating roadkill. Arkansas's got its fair share, you know. Or Jeff Foxworthy, or... Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's It's been said a lot. It's not new. It's okay. No, yeah. Right. We get it too, Florida. It's fine. So, mm-hmm. however, one human-like figure has been spotted enough times to warrant elevated levels of concern. The skunk ape. He's a relative of Bigfoot. A fully grown skunk ape stands anywhere from five to seven feet tall and weighs approximately 450 pounds. So he's a big old boy. They can be detected by a horrific odor that's been described as a, quote, sun-baked animal carcass. <laughs> I can't even get through that. I just knew how your face was going. <laughs> like, why, Florida? Why? Uh. And rotting garbage is the other descriptor. They mostly eat berries and small animals, for it, but from time to time, they've been known to ravage farms and tear wild boars to shred. Recently, a skunk ape headquarters popped up in the Everglades. Because, <laughs> of course, it did. So you can actually take tours out in the swamp and uh, go on hunting expeditions to finally prove that the hairy beast is real. Oh, yeah, I definitely want a tour. Hell yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to be on one of those, like, boats, you know, the Everglades, and be like Archer. Cause, yeah. I well, yeah, that. but I don't need to look for a skunk creature. It's true. I just want to be on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Airboat? Is that what they're called? I think so. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Fact checker Jeff. <laughs> uh. Anyway, nobody knows where this came from, but because its lineage can be traced back to Bigfoot, many believe that it migrated south from the mountains and found refuge in the swamplands. This environment is safe from humans with ample sustenance to roam and room. Others believe it's just a lore, a tale pioneers created in order to scare people off their lands and preserve their wilderness. That one seems the most logical, honestly. Most of these lords are probably like, get off my land, bitch. I know. Did. <laughs> like, like a- <laughs> the monster is going to eat you. Get off. The next one, Indiana. Jump. Diana of the Dunes is the 
lore here. Along the shores of Lake Michigan, fishermen, vacationers, and other passerbys have reported sightings of Diana, a ghostly nude female apparition, floating along the shoreline and eventually disappearing into the water without a trace. It's like the scariest thing Indiana. I know. I'm like the scariest thing Indiana can come up with just naked lady. (laughs) (laughs) Although Lake Michigan is cold as shit, so I don't think you want to be skinny dipping. No. I've only been on it once. It was the first time I met my father in law, and he asked me if I could swim, and I said yes. And he's like, "Doesn't matter. You fall in, you're dead. It's too cold." I was like, "Cool." Like, and the purpose of the first question was... I think it's trying to gauge my reaction. <laughs> it's like, that's okay. It sounds like something my dad would say. <laughs> I'm like, no, no. <laughs> uh, all right. But I didn't fall in, so it's all okay. So, <laughs> where this came from, Fishman first started reporting sightings of this woman skinny dipping in the waters off Indiana's Lake Michigan coastline in 1916. And that's because Alice Gray, the source of the legend, was very much alive at that point. She was kind of a hermit living in a shack by the lake. <laughs> and it was just going out for a little swim. So, in this case, there's actually a logical explanation. Was she going for naked? Yeah, I, yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> she might just be a wild, you know, hermit hippie that wants to just be free. <laughs> And they also have a Bigfoot. This time it's an Indiana-based version running around and scaring the crap out of people. He is seven feet tall with yellow eyes. Okay, sounds legit. It's like each Bigfoot has just like one little thing different than the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Just It's it's our Bigfoot. It's fine. I just love like almost every, it seems like almost every state has their own version of Bigfoot, but we don't have any pictures of it. It's true. Yeah, except for that like, one blurry one. Of course it's blurry. With today's technology, of course it's blurry. <laughs> My favorite joke of all time, Mitch Hedgeberg. He was brilliant. He had a joke that said that the problem with Bigfoot is that he is blurry and that somewhere there's an out-of-focus monster roaming the countryside, <laughs> and that's fucking terrifying. <laughs> that would be terrifying. I would be. I'm like, why <laughs> this and just run away i would yes oh god anyway new jersey (laughs) uh so the one most people know is the jersey devil the story of the jersey devil has been around since the 1700s the legend states that a woman named mother Leeds became pregnant with her 13th child no thank you and said let this one be of the devil and then once the child was born it grew hooves wings horns and tail she got her wish. Now the monster has been spotted periodically throughout history in the Pine Barrens region of New Jersey. And the state has actually embraced this legend so much that they named her hockey team after it. You know. But more recently, there's been, it's one of the more recent urban legends to come. Because it uh, started in 2015. It's called The Watcher. So uh, more recently, The Watcher has become popular as the legend creeped its way because of viral fame. In the summer of 2015, a young family moved into a million-dollar house in Western or Westfield, New Jersey. Must be nice. Soon <laughs> after, they started getting letters signed by someone IDing themselves as, quote, the Watcher. 
claiming it was his duty to watch over the house while also spouting crazy lines like, do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? So a bunch of weird shit. And then he would also write, who has the bedroom facing the street? Like, really creepy shit. So it was somebody that was watching the house, seeing who was in it. He knew, like, what room the kids were in and would, like, write about it and stuff. So he's really freaking people out. Some people say it's a prank based off, like, an accepted local legend. Some people think it's a media hoax. Uh, Some people think it's a way to drive down real estate prices. But it's really impossible to know. But uh, somebody else moved in the house, and the letters are still coming. So... It's one of those things, like, it just started happening, and people are still trying to figure out this letter. But if I made a place, somebody sending me creepy-ass letters being like, I'm watching you. You're like, fuck this. Yeah, no, I'd, no. I'd be moving pretty quick. Yeah, I don't like the thought of somebody, like, watching you through the windows and knowing, like, which bedroom you have and what you do all day. No, 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 no. So. No, they would be bored. <laughs> they yeah. would change their minds pretty quickly. For me, yeah, at least. true. Yeah, I'm very boring, too. It's mostly sitting on the couch with a laptop. I'm very boring, but I also don't want people watching me. Like, Zeke was on a work trip last week. <laughs> That's the only time when he's here, I could give a fuck if the windows are locked and the door is unlocked or whatever. But when he's gone, I'm just, like, obsessively. Like, is all the windows closed? All blinds down? Is the door locked? Yeah, freaks me out. I don't want to get murdered. Murdered. <laughs> uh, the next Oh, yeah, wait went too far north carolina so we've already talked about this one it's the beast of bladenboro bladen bladenboro shit (laughs) (laughs) bladenboro that's what you talked about with the cryptids so a little refresher it's just a vampiric cat beast that might also be part bear and he will brutally murder the fuck out of your pets and livestock I tried to find another one since you already covered it, but that was the only one that popped up on, like, four different sites about urban legends in every state, so. That's good. Sounds good. North Dakota, the gates of hell. Oh, my God. (laughs) Carrie. (laughs) I need you to go and report back. (laughs) No, don't. Just escape. (laughs) Don't go alone, though. So abandoned towns are generally creepy, but North Dakota has an abundance of men because of the railroad boom. Tagus, though, takes the cake due to a little fact that people believe that it once housed a Lutheran church that doubled as a hotbed for Satan worship. Legend is it burned down, but if you stand in the right place, you can hear the screams of the damned bubbling up from hell itself. (laughs) This is very theatrical. (laughs) I am digging it. Uh, 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 Okay. There are also reports of hellhounds, glowing gravestones, and a ghost train. Vandals and revelers have made the few people who called Tagus, or, yeah, did I say Tagus the first time? Tagus! <laughs> uh, uh, very wary of visitors, and Lord knows the combination of rumored portal to hell and extremely unwelcoming locals in a small town is a uh, horror movie fodder. So where did it come from? The Satan business dates back to the Satanic Panic of the 80s. The taste has been spooky since it was founded in 1900, and ever since the late 80s, when hundreds of high schoolers turned up for vandalism-intensive Halloween parties, uh, people are kind of run out of the ghost town. Visitors have been met with extreme skepticism, but uh, the city actually had another church burned down in 2001, so people are like, it's still happening. It is hell. Run. <laughs> We won't see. I won't go there. But (laughs) if you have been there, let me know. (laughs) Do you hear the screams of the damned? 
Mine, Carrie, please don't go. Do you smell fire and brimstone? So next one, Oregon, the Bandage Man of Cannon Beach. It's very also like very descriptive. Bandage? bandage Man, like a mummy. Okay, okay, yeah, that's one picture. <laughs> uh, far from the rooted in history scares of Portland's Shanghai tunnels, the Bandage Man haunts a lonely patch of decommissioned highway near the idyllic coast of Cannon Beach. Like many slightly pervy ghosts. He likes to mess with randy teenagers making out in their cars. <laughs> Although some of the more sinister legends have him eating dogs, wandering the windswept roadside, and even jumping in the back of pickups and sedans, filling this car with the scent of rotting flesh. Fuck that shit. No. That's so gross. I mean, there's all those legends of, like, hitchhiker ghosts and shit, but, like, you have to stop to let them in. That's been scarier because he's just jumping in while you're driving by. I did not consent to that, sir. No. <laughs> so where it came from? The Bandage Man, most popular thought to be a logger that was hacked up in a mill nearby, <laughs> made his earliest documented appearance in the 50s, and he was likely a spooky story told around beach bonfires by teens, you know, watching a lot of scary movies. Hence the mummy roots, you know, in the U.S. There's not a lot of mummies here. Still, after hearing that tale late at night and retiring to the confines of the secluded row, the story is creepy, and a lot of people started to believe it. Uh, Tennessee! I'm almost done, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm glad we have a lot of patrons, so. We do. Uh, Tennessee has the Bell Witch. The haunting of the Bell family began in 1817 after the father, John Bell, witnessed some sort of rabbit-headed dog in his field and then tried to shoot it, naturally. From that night on, the family experienced tappings on the doors and windows, sheets slowly being pulled off their beds, which is my fucking nightmare. I don't know why that scares me, like, things messing with me on the bed. Like, paranormal activity, when they pull the sheets off and grab their foot and oh, grab yeah. it all. Yeah, no, 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 no. Anything no. in the bed, like, I make sure I don't have my feet over the edges. Um, mm-hmm. Um, I can't stand the grunge. It's probably one of the few scary movies that freaks me out more than anything when it's coming under the bed and you see the uh, yeah, uh, uh. of the sheets and everything. You pull it open and then roar. Um, <laughs> and I don't even believe in ghosts and stuff, but that stuff, that freaks me out. Like, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like nope. it at all. Nope. Eventually, a voice of a woman named Kate, who was dead set on destroying the family, showed up. Elizabeth Bell, the daughter of John, received the worst of the abuse and was slapped and pinched until her body was covered in bruises. Also, hard pass. <laughs> John Bell decided at first to keep these events quiet because he didn't want to be crazy. Because, you know, this was the uh, 1800s. <laughs> They'd be like, yo, witch. <laughs> uh, so he finally confided in a friend and then a committee was formed to investigate the strange happenings. The spirit identified herself as Kate Batts, a neighbor of the Bells, with whom John Bell had some bad business dealings with. And then they just started calling her Ghost Kate. Three Bell's sons had fought under General Andrew Jackson, and Jackson was so intrigued by this story that he insisted on visiting the family. The witch taunted his men, held the carriage wheel still, and called out the frauds and Jackson entourage until they were seen in the field the next morning. So it scared the shit out of them, and then they all just took off to Nashville. So Jackson's like, I'm a badass. I'm going to look at this ghost. And then he ran away. 
Kate continued to torment the family, relentlessly vowing to kill John Bell. When Bell breathed his last breath in 1820, a vial of what was presumably poison was found next to his bed. The Bell Witch website says, John Bell Jr. gave some of it to the cat, which died instantly. The entity then spoke up into the thin air, exclaiming joyfully, I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him, end quote. John Jr. quickly threw the vial into the fireplace where it burst into bright bluish flames and shot up the chimney. So that's from the museum's website. It's very <laughs> elaborate. After the death of John, she just went away. Nobody ever saw her again. But the area is a hotbed for activity. So people claiming to hear sounds, see candlelights, and then they photograph orbs. And then a lot of people think that the cave is a portal for which the witch can enter in and out of dimensions. You know, good times. Yeah. Anyway, Texas! Yay! Yay. Yes. Ah, black-eyed <laughs> children. Have you ever heard of them? Only in Coraline. Oh, that movie is really creepy. I just watched it recently, and I was like, man, this is creepier than I ever remembered it being. <laughs> the black eyes. <laughs> Scary movies constantly have people fearing old country back roads, abandoned homes, and kids popping out of cornfields, but the black-eyed children are known to be seen wandering around totally normal, non-threatening places like Walmart and your Sonic drive-in. <laughs> <laughs> and worse, they're rumored to put their victims in a tight situation by starting at asking for something totally unsuspecting like a ride home or some petty cash. So where did it come from? The first documented case of black-eyed children came in 1996 from reporter Brian Bethel, who had pulled his car into a parking lot of an Abilene movie theater to use a bright marquee light to write a check. While filling out the check, two young kids between the age of like 9 and 12 approached the car, knocked on the window, and asked for a ride home. The children, totally unnerved Bethel, claimed that they didn't have a gun. So that was the first thing they said, like, we need a ride, we don't have a gun. Just totally casual. And he was like, well, that's weird. And then he made eye contact with them, and he noticed they had cool black eyes. He said the sort of eyes one sees on aliens or those vampire things you see on late-night television. He also noted immediately a soul-wracking fear, and he couldn't understand why. The older boy began to get frustrated when he went let him in the car, and he kept saying, we can't get in unless you say we can. So then he sped off. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, I'm done. There were other, there's like, after this came out, there's a lot of other stories. There's one where like an old couple, the door, they're like, can we come in and use your bathroom? And they did. And then they were like wandering around the house being all weird shit with the black eyes. And then they're like, oh, my parents are here. And they saw like two weird skinny people at the end of the driveway. And when they left, the man started having nosebleeds and he went to the doctor and he had advanced cancer like you would if you had like radiation poisoning there's a lot of weird shit <laughs> but a lot of people think it's like a no sleep or one of those uh creepy pastas stories so hard to tell washington the 13 steps to hell <laughs> Like, down south, we got some, like, furry ape things <laughs> upstairs. Like, upstairs. Up north is, like, hell portal. Upstairs. <laughs> I like that. Man, guys. <laughs> no, just stay out of the woods, pretty much. Uh, yeah. 
So the Maltby Cemetery itself is subject of rumors associating with Satanism. Is rumored to include a subterranean tomb for a really creepy rich family that could be assessed by 13 steps and it led to their final resting place or the final resting place of every damn soul in history, as legend has it. <laughs> ah, so ascending or descending the entire staircase is said to give you a glimpse of hell itself. So where it came from. The cemetery has been around since 1901, though the crypt itself date has been lost to time, as it had, oh, as have the stairs themselves, which have been bulldozed and covered over in concrete, which also rude. It seems like historical. I'm offended. That hasn't stopped curious paranormal masochists from trespassing on the secluded private property, allegedly showing up at the cemetery at night, eager to unearth the hill, whatever's going on, activities. <laughs> <laughs> and then they said they see, like, ghosts and shit, but it was a little anticlimactic at the end. And then our last Patreon is from Finland. So... Hey. I had to find one, and I'm going to butcher this. I'm so sorry. But the Naki is a Finnish urban legend that shares dark similarities to other supernatural creatures like a siren. It is said that they can be found in springs or wells and appear to be friendly upon the first glance. However, they have a murderous nature. The legend says it that they will lure children out into deep water and then drown them. And then once they're drowning people, their ghastly appearance becomes apparent. That took a turn. <laughs> it's a good one to end on, you know? I like it. Murdering children. <laughs> I don't know if I like that, but I, it's a good story. Man, Europe has some wild-ass lore. I was going they through do. them. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> these, are, these are not great. I know, and in India, I'm like, don't have two wives. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> I know there's a lot more to that country, so please think I'm thinking that. But um, that one was funny. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, everybody's state. I think right now, I think the water one creeps me out the most just because that seems like something that would be happening. Just yeah, that one, yeah, I say that one's the most plausible. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be a monster, just a human, just somebody watching you is creepy. But I also don't want to be at a hell mouth or stairs to hell. Just it scares me. Oh, I've seen Supernatural. I know that kind of shit that happens around there. Anyway, uh, next. <laughs> so, morbid or weird? Um, weird. Okay. That's cool. That's the one I was kind of leaning towards. <laughs> okay. So, this is another fun, crazy list. And it is just random, weird, folklore myths. Reading this list a lot, I have heard of either for TV shows or books and everything. There's always, in all of these that I read, there was an element that I hadn't heard. And so that's why I picked this one. And I thought, like, huh, okay. So the first one is Silkies. Uh, Selkies are mythological creatures found in Scottish, Irish folklore, and they are essentially seals who live in the sea, but they can remove their skin to reveal a human form and can live on land, which sounds very practical and legit. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just like imagining a seal with like a zipper, <laughs> just be like, zoom, 
Oh, no, uh, I know like a skate molting like, real quick or something. I don't know. I don't know. At all. It's weird. <laughs> I, I don't know how things like this really work. There are different variations of the origin of a selkie. Selkies were thought to be, to have been humans who have drowned at sea. And on one night of the year, they are allowed to return to land as their human self. Oh. That's something I didn't know. I didn't and know that either. The fact that they might have once been human and they just died. Like a sailor Aww. that died on a ship. It's kind of and like the Pirates of the Caribbean where he gets to come exactly. on land like, oh. Uh-huh. So sad. Um, other theories are that Selkies are humans who did something extremely bad. And when they were, when they were human, um, and whatever they did that was so wrong, it doomed them to this form for all eternity as a punishment. Uh, female Selkies are known to attract human husbands and can start a family on land. And this is weird for me. It says, so however, the husband must hide the seal skin from her so that she can stay as a human because if it is found, then she will take on her selkie form and return to the sea forever, as the sea is their true love. Oh. I've never heard that before. That Neither is wild. Huh. I'm like, okay. So that's all right. Fun stuff to the <laughs> selkie. I find it interesting that a lot of these legends and cryptids and such like the women are like beautiful when they're not being a horrific monster and they can like marry people (laughs) i know they're like extremes do like you know just beautiful woman with you know long hair and then they turn into a man-eating monster yeah like the manacle the same thing Mm -hmm. like but she's not ripping your organs out through a mosquito-like straw She's just, like, pretty and ready to husband you up. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> a weird way to phrase that. <laughs> Moving on. Vampires. <laughs> yes. Speaking of. <laughs> a vampire is a mythical being who sustains life from getting blood. Blah, blah, blah. We know this. And uh, folklore legends uh, dictate that vampires were a result of people who murdered or committed suicide in their lifetime as being a vampire was their punishment for that kind of crime. I had not heard that. I hadn't either. I thought it was like, we have Dracula and then he spreads his disease or whatever. Or, you know, there's all kinds of different origins, but I hadn't heard that one. That, again, someone was once human, but they murdered someone or they committed suicide and became this vampire. Um, uh, there are many different variations of vampire across the world uh, some countries believe that they exist because of the devil made them whereas others believe they had they are a dead and monstrous form of their human self with some unfinished business uh, they normally return to loved ones to transform them into vampires too so they, they can be reunited for eternity or they'll generally just eat people <laughs> it's all say I just want to be with my family forever and then they're just straight out murking people out. <laughs> like don't piss me off fucker in Ireland the it's a lot of vowels uh, <laughs> you are you 
sure. It's B-E-A-R-G. I need to add that to the bingo sheet, but that's a lot of vowels. <laughs> B-E-A-R-G. And then D-U-E. Two words. Oh, wow. Dirg. Do. Dear do. <laughs> it means red blood sucker. Okay. Shouldn't laugh because I'm about to say a language I couldn't even find a pronunciation on in my next story like next week. So, you know, we, you know, we, we just own it. You get it honest. You know, it's it's one thing to read these words and you never hear of them. So, yeah, it's I think it's part of our charm. Or at least and the hit and the Arkansas accent doesn't help. So, yeah, even if I know it, it's correct. It's not coming out that way. No, no. That one I have no idea about. Mm. Anyway, so. This dear do meaning red blood sucker was a beautiful woman once upon a time and her, of course, beautiful gorgeous and her family wanted her to marry for wealth and status as opposed to love. Unfortunately, she fell in love with a local peasant, but ended up marrying a cruel husband who tortured her uh, both physically and psychologically, you know, like you do. And uh, she killed herself to escape her evil partner. And rose from the dead as a vampire where she killed her family slay men for her revenge. Okay. Well, I mean, I feel like that's justified, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and I like it goes on to say money really isn't everything in other parts of the world. There is such a thing as vampiristic pumpkins where which uh, would become possessed and uh, grow huge and then smash you. No, yep. no, I don't like that. It would squash you. No, like squatchy because it's a squash. <laughs> but don't. Sh- okay, that was terrible. I'm not acknowledging. <laughs> uh, it's fine. I think I'm funny. I know. <laughs> it makes me think of. Uh... There's the picture book, The Ugly Pumpkin. It's one of my favorite ones. I read it for Thanksgiving every year. And it's some long, narrow uh, plant. You know, he thinks he's a pumpkin. And um, he's trying to find a home because the pumpkins don't want him. They're like, no, you're ugly. And then he tries to make friends with... Because it's ha- it's right after Halloween, getting into Thanksgiving. So like, there's a skeleton. There's the spooky trees. But no one accepts him. And so he stumbles upon a garden celebrating Thanksgiving. And all of a sudden he goes, oh, my gosh, I'm a squash. Because <laughs> everyone at the at the little feast were all different kinds of squash. And they all looked weird shaped and whatnot. And so he's like, I fit in, my people. So it's all sweet and cute. Aww. All right. Yeah, That's story time. Now, mermaids. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Are these like the man-eating mermaids? You'll find out. Okay. Usually, yes. (laughs) The term mermaid is a compound of old English words. uh, Mare, which is actually refers to the sea. And, of course, maid, which is a lady. Uh, They are often depicted as human, of course, and... Always described with their unnatural beauty, you know, like you do as our trend is happening. Um, and usually they are described as Maleficent. Um, 
and they're usually blamed for shipwrecks and drownings and storms and floods and mermaids and sirens are often associated with one another and mermaids are usually mistaken for being a siren as they are believed to lure sailors to their death and calling out to them singing and making them fall into a trance-like state. Mermaids are also thought to have previously been human who were in love with a sailor who died at sea and their mourning turned them into a mythical creature who would weep and wail for their former lover. That I didn't know. I didn't know that either. That's really sad. Uh, The first origin story of mermaid is a result of a woman who unintentionally killed herself Killed her lover, sorry, excuse me, unintentionally killed her lover and ashamed with what she had done, turned into the sea and took form of a fish. Oh man, that's like the original tale of Mermaid or Little Mermaid. Uh, she can't save Eric and then she turns into sea foam. Yep, and that's. Or no, wait, Eric leaves her for somebody else and she's depressed and she becomes sea foam. That's it. Fucking fairy tales. They're so horrifying. <laughs> this next one I thought was kind of interesting. It's it mentions the ritual of Bloody Mary, but that's actually not the part I'm interested in. It was <laughs> I'll, I'll read the beginning of this. It's like the ritual of summoning Bloody Mary was not always a scary one. In the days before Tinder, <laughs> was one. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I find that so funny. <laughs> author who wrote this article. I like that you had that. Um. <laughs> I like what women used to do, and that would be to walk backwards up the flight of stairs at night, holding a candle and a mirror in their hands. And when they looked into the mirror, they would either see the face of their future husband or the grim reaper, which meant that they would die uh, before they were married. Oh, that's dark. That's really dark. <laughs> I know. And my thing is, how the fuck do you go upstairs backwards? I would bust my ass, like, third <laughs> step up. <laughs> just, I can't even walk on straight pavement without tripping. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. And even even so, like, when I'm going upstairs, I have to look at, like, every single step. And this is a person trying to hold a mirror, looking at this, and they're going up backwards. With like, a candle, oh. you're going to burn the fucking house down. What are you doing? Yeah. No. Yeah. And then the rest yeah. of the Bloody Mary stuff is the same. Like, you say it three times and see what happens. But that part about walking up backwards to see if it's your husband or your grand reaper. Oh, man. I I remember being at sleepovers when I was a kid and, like, people would want to do the Bloody Mary thing. And be like, yeah, I come in here, too. Like, the bathroom. And I'd be like, close my eyes. I'm like, yeah, I'm looking. <laughs> Never. I don't like to summon shit. I just, no. But I also remember friends being like, let's do a Ouija board and find out who her future husbands are going to be. And I'm like, no, your future husband's going to be a goddamn demon. No. So... <laughs> Moral of the story is I've always been like this. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No. <laughs> no, that is weird. I, and also, I don't know. I don't understand, like, the obsession of trying to find your husband. I don't know. I don't know if it's like a... There was nothing else to do where I was from. I mean, same thing with yours. There was nothing to do. So I can understand why we had, like, to entertain ourselves doing weird shit. But... And that's the last thing I need to know. Yeah. I saw I saw today that Melissa McCartney, I think she said her four-year-old, saw Aladdin, and she was just basically like, fuck this shit. I don't need some man bringing me a magic carpet. You take me to the store and buy me my own magic carpet, and I'll do my own explore. And she's like, all right, let's go to the store. <laughs> <laughs> so they went to one of those like stores to buy the really elaborate carpets or whatever. 
Like, I'm choosing that now. I hope it sticks during adulthood. I know. Before society warps you. I know. Looking at a Ouija board to find out who your future husband is. <sighs> I didn't do that either. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm never going to get married. <laughs> Look at me now. Yeah, I have no interest. And actually, neither does <laughs> three. So, I've got one more. And that's uh, some interesting cures for cancer. Like... Oh. Lathering her skin with honey and then incinerating a dog's skull and then rubbing the ashes on your face. No. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be like you go kill the dog and then that happened. It could be like a pet from 10 years ago. I'm going to take a stab at it that that did not work. <laughs> I'm going to guess probably no. <laughs> I've had cancer, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't have scientific context clues and don't always understand medical jargon. (laughs) (laughs) Same. (laughs) There are many unorthodox practices that are active today. And whilst most people swear by it, they aren't recommended by your GP and probably will probably think that you're a bit weird. Um, However, before the days professional doctors, there were so-called witch doctors spiritual doctors and they believed in healing the spirit which would heal the body of course blah 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 uh people saw any kind of healing power that they could in or uh, that they could in order to get better and it was majority of society were peasants so you know couldn't really afford anything and they would believe in anything uh, in the 19th century people believe that if you held a church door key then it would heal your skin, if you were ever bitten by a dog, and that touching the rope of a hanging man would cure fits. Hmm. A toothache could be prevented by wearing a, a dead mole around your neck. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I'm also no. like, how do you have friends with you? <laughs> you just go into town with your dead mole around your neck. Hey, guys. I mean, out. even if you tuck into your shirt, like, Get your skin, and yeah, then that's gotta smell pretty bad. Oh, uh, you'd be the smelly kid. Nobody wants to be the smelly kid. You're mm-hmm. rotting corpse. Yeah, but you don't have a toothache, so I guess you're still a delight to be around. Toothaches are pretty horrible. Um, this is the only way to eradicate the tooth pain. If the dead bowl strategy didn't work, then you could hammer a nail into the tooth. Until you started to bleed. No! Remove the nail and then drive it into a tree to transfer the pain. So that's basically like a root canal without anesthetic. Because you're just like smashing all the roots. Right? So I mean, I guess technically it'd work, but fuck that. No. (laughs) No, no, no. Mm -mm. No, no. Do some cocaine about it. That's what other people did about toothaches. <laughs> Don't put a nail in there. That should be a catchphrase. Don't. Put- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I was I when I worked at a museum a long time ago. There was a little dental cocaine kit. <laughs> just like, man, <laughs> just, we've come a long way, you know. But you're not even like it's not even that you're not in pain. It's just you probably just don't give a fuck at that point. No, you're on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> so crazy. Uh, 
Man. Yeah, so I'll leave you with that. But <laughs> I'd rather wear a mole. <laughs> yeah, I would rather wear a mole than put a hammer and nail through my tooth, too. <laughs> Jeff, if you're still watching. <laughs> and Kat, if you're in Yeah, two people are watching. We're sorry, guys. <laughs> really curious what your response yeah, is. Yeah. Which would you rather have? The dead mole carcass? Or a nail. Inquiring minds need to know. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, so bad. <laughs> so bad. And then, like, they cure for cancers. Like, let's put honey on your skin. And dog ash. Oh, well, in Arkansas, we had Eureka Springs where the guy's like, let's just drink some Eureka Spring water with some, like, cleaning supplies in it. And it'll cure your cancer. We know people are drinking pee now. Oh, my God. Have you heard that? No. That is a trend. No. (laughs) I have to have more question mark. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, God. We're collecting data. This is important. uh, I remember a long time ago, people put pee on their face in the morning because they said it would clear your complexion. No, now people are drinking. I'd rather have pimples than no. Yeah, me too. I'll just deal with it. But uh, yeah, now people are drinking it, and like you can even sell your own. For how much? <laughs> I, it's a lot here. We're googling this shit. I mean, I mean, I don't think I could sell feet pics because my giant ass feet. But if I can sell some feet, <laughs> makes some extra cash. <sighs> I'm not above it. And it's like aged. Too, like you can let it sit on a shelf for like a month. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. No. Mm-hmm. What? What is wrong with people? This is stuff you do if you're like stranded on a raft in the middle of the ocean and you have to survive. Then you drink your piss. You don't do it when you're freaking first world country problems. You just don't. <laughs> this is surviving. I don't see the cost, but I don't really want that in my search engine, though, either. <laughs> well, I hate to move on to our newest Patreon after football drinking yep. your pee. But here we are. So we have a new Patreon, and it's Carrie K. Yay! Yay, Carrie. And I'm sorry that We're I sorry. didn't even mention that before giving you a shout-out. Many apologies. <laughs> please don't but, leave. <laughs> please don't leave, and hopefully you're entertained. Yeah, hopefully. And we have another fellow Texan. Yes. There's there's like three This is not a contest though. I know. Well, Arkansas's still winning as far as like people, but now Texas is like a close second. Definitely. We're so excited to have you, Carrie. Yes. Can't wait to get to know you. We don't want to come on too strong though. Already know this. I know. Like, I know she's in the secret Facebook group. She hasn't said anything yet, so I'm like, I'm not going to push it. I always send, I send a welcome email, and then I'm like, oh, I'll just, I won't, I won't be too overbearing. I try to contain myself, but I get so excited. I can't, uh, it's, it's fine. You get, oh, we are happy you're here. Thank you very much. Yes, we're so excited to have you, and you will be getting a letter in the mail soon, as soon as the stickers come in, because I'm out of them. Same thing with you, Tori. We haven't forgot about you. I'm still sending you a letter. I'm still waiting on stickers. Yeah. So if you want to join 
Patreon and see the close fuck that is us live podcasting. <laughs> and uh, I think we're, we're quite, the- I think we're quite uh, glamorous with our coughs and belches <laughs> <laughs> and dogs barking. Oh yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah, I've noticed that in the last few episodes that we've done live, like I've cut out like an hour and a half of podcast. Yeah, we get yeah. chatty just to just to get it, you know it decent time for you know regular podcast stuff but yeah it's it's fun you should join and that's patreon.com slash historical af pod and there's different tiers and you get different stuff but yeah highly recommend of course i would but i think we have a lot of cool stuff i love our drunk dives so much (laughs) like they're so fun i just wish everybody could see them so you should you should join so you can see them of course we have our social media on facebook twitter Instagram, historical AF pod, where we share all kinds of glamorous, glorious things to bring amusement to your face and brain, um, like memes and, um, I don't know, my favorite parts of the memes. That's why I was go straight to the memes, because they're my favorites. Um, and of course, we share photos for the episodes and everything, so you can get a more visual picture of stuff, too. Yeah, a more visual picture of of what we're describing. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> uh, and also, we need some listener stories for March. So send those in to historicalafpod at gmail dot com, and that can be anything. Like you know, legends. If we don't talk about your state, send us your favorite legend in mm-hmm. family histories or ghost stories. We love a good ghost story, but literally, obviously. <laughs> Like today on Facebook, I saw somebody post that they are a crime scene cleanup crew person. And I was like, please write, I was like, please write into my podcast and tell me what your job is like. <laughs> I was like, I need to know. So yeah, literally anything. Just send us emails. Anyway, I think that's it. So we'll see you next week. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye, Zeus. <laughs>